So, uh, Nancy Enke, welcome to the journey. Thank and, you. And uh, I know we've uh, known each other and, and crossed paths a couple different times, and most recently um, we were at uh, Cape Rain Elementary School, and you were doing a demonstration there. And, right. And uh, so we got to reconnect again. Right. And uh, And so welcome to the journey. And uh, let me just explain a little bit about what the journey's about. And okay. the journey is just um, capturing conversations with ordinary people, maybe doing some extraordinary things in the process of their life. They they maybe have had some obstacles in which they have um, learned and maybe failed forward from or transformed their lives. Um, could be anything from, uh, for some individuals, it was addiction that they overcame, um, mental illness, um, someone in their life uh, may have uh, died from suicide, or um, Maybe just change their life. Found 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 what uh, God created them to be, and started walking that path. And I know right. you have have your own story there. Um, but uh, maybe before we jump into all that, if you could just maybe share a little bit for our audience of what do you do for fun? You know what we do for fun? We dance. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, we took uh, my husband and I took about a year of ballroom dancing. Okay. We love dancing. Nice. We're not that great at it. Sure. But, yeah. but yeah. we love it. And so we don't we don't get out a lot to dance. It's just finding a place that we really like and it's kinda hard uh, around here to find mm-hmm. more of a ballroom mm-hmm. type dance place. But that's one of the things we do mostly for fun okay. is dance and uh then the other thing that probably tops the list is spending time with family and grandkids because we have twelve of them. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> so okay. we love okay. we love doing things with grandkids. So okay. that's really fun. Okay. Yeah. So uh, first, your husband's name? Doug. Doug. Okay. And you and Doug have been together for how long? Well, we will have forty nine years this summer. Really? Congratulations! Yes, thanks. So married forty nine years or together forty nine years? Forty nine years married. Married. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then how long did you know each we, other? We we only knew each other about a year before oh, we got okay. married. Okay. Yeah. So you've been so you've been together for fifty years. We really have. And and forty nine years is yes. the anniversary. Well, congratulations! Yeah. And you thanks. have four kids, right? Four kids. Okay. Yes. And and what are their names? And and rough. How old are they? We have our daughter, Sarah, and she is uh, 46. I have to think about that now. And then we have twin boys who are 44. And then our youngest son, their twins are Jason and Jeremy. And then our youngest son, Ryan, is 42. So they kept me busy for a while. That yeah, like every two years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except for the two in the middle, seven minutes. Yeah, seven <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So um okay, and then uh and the so Doug worked out obviously worked outside the home. He and, did. And he's what, an engineer. He's an engineer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And who did he work for? He spent forty plus years at Sunstrand. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. What what department was he in? He was in quality engineering. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I spent a I spent some time out there in the early two thousands oh. um helping out with um, a safety program that I created. Oh, okay. And uh, Steve Seip and I had created a program and we were worked with first of his facilities engineering and manufacturing for helping uh, cultural development regarding all the all the concerns around safety as a right. whole. And then we went into a, a handful of other organizations as well. So, okay. uh, so I always, mm-hmm. uh, spending that much time, it was about three years to roll that initial program out. Okay. And, um, and then I would come back and work um, work oh. with different um, business units. Uh, so there's definitely a fondness of... Um, oh, yeah. Well, he spent pretty much his whole career there. <clears throat> and then um, 
I don't know, when it was about 65, they had a, a buyout package yeah, to sure. retire, which he took, sure. and he retired for the summer. And then he said, oh, this isn't working for me. So <laughs> now he's full-time at Woodward. <laughs> oh, did he really? <laughs> he did. He spent about a year at Bergstrom, and then we moved to Roscoe, and so it was a little far. And so now he is at Woodward. Um, oh, okay. And he's not really thinking of retiring okay. yet. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. So um, are you from the Rockford area? You know, I was born and raised in Rochelle, so okay. not too far not away, too about far. 30 miles south. Okay. So raised on a farm there oh, okay. with two older brothers. Okay. And in um, a farm, meaning that's what you're... you're... My dad was uh, a farmer for Del Monte, so oh, okay. he didn't own the farm, but he worked that farm and other farms in the area. So I had a, a true farm life. Sure. Okay. But I was the only girl, so I okay. didn't I I was I was my dad's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> my brothers don't know that but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they do and then maybe there, they there's do. A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so he was a crop farmer. He was. Okay. And uh, I, I spent some time with my uncle down in southern Indiana who was a dairy farmer. And that, oh, okay. that was uh, an interesting, I remember that was a very interesting experience. And then my other uncles in southern Wisconsin had very small, you know, 75 acre type, uh-huh. you know, uh, small operations. But uh, And then the, and they would work full time at another job. And right. Then, and, and farm that and so but um, but that but dairy farming I remember going down and helping a handful of times and that was that was an interesting experience yeah my uncle who lived not too far from us he was a dairy farmer so we we had the full full farm experience you know and it's I have a couple farmer uh, farm families that are clients and that is um, it's a it's a lifestyle it's it it, is and, and you have to appreciate and understand um that when you marry into into that <laughs> it's a it's yes, the the wife my mom she worked as hard as my dad just in a different way yeah you know um, oh it's a balance yeah. you have to it yep. all the all the parts have to be moving together right that is very true very true so i know we were talking earlier um you went to Roche, graduate from rochelle high school i did and then you had mentioned then right after right out of high school you had aspirations to be a hairstylist i did i went to milwaukee okay. to school and which for um my parents, I'm really surprised now my parents let me go. They mm-hmm. let their baby girl go to the big city. Uh, and I, I really had fun with that. I, I did, you know, back then, I, you only had to go like about nine months. It was mm-hmm. $1,200 or something like that. Sure. And then I worked in a salon in Milwaukee mm-hmm. uh, and uh, did that for a couple of years. And then um, after, well, I met my husband in Milwaukee. Uh, and then uh, we were married, and then we moved to Schaumburg in okay. uh, Hoffman Estates. And I did hair there, so okay. continued that for many years. And then once I had my children, uh, our first daughter, I I was very committed to staying at home. That was just something I wanted to do. Sure. And uh, so that's that's what I did then for the next, uh, I don't know how many years, but I stayed home. 
you okay. know, did that. Yeah. And then, and so, so what was, because um, I'm always interested, I've been involved with a different um, <coughs> local play that's going to be involved on new moms, and, okay. and it's called Cry It Out, and, um, okay. and the Artist Ensemble is going to be doing that, and it should be, I think it's coming out, and it'll be coming out in March, uh, and, um, but I'm always interested in, in that aspect, so going from a career that you went to school for mm-hmm. and, and, and was involved with it for at least. Uh, yeah. A couple, two or three years. Yeah. yeah. And a couple different places, a couple different salons right. you worked at and then going into being a mom full time and a housewife full time. Right. So what was that transition like? You know, that was an easy transition for me Okay. actually, because I just loved being a mom. Okay. Uh, I like, I loved being a wife, but I wasn't, the traditional, you know, my mom was up at whatever time in the morning making breakfast for my mm-hmm. dad and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I I was definitely not that wife. Okay. <laughs> so I did not get up and make breakfast, okay. you know. So, but, you know, my kids, of course, I did and all that. But, sure. you know, I, I didn't mind that transition at all. I really, that was some of the best times of my life okay. being being a mom and just I just loved it and uh, so I didn't find that transition hard to, to go from career to just stay at home mom okay. frustrating very frustrating at times you sure. know uh, especially with you know the number of kids the four I had and the twins together and sure. there were there were days that I remember remember specifically uh with the twins they were both crying and I couldn't calm them and my two-year-old she she was doing okay but I seriously I just I just called up my husband I said you need to come home I can't do this anymore and unfortunately he came home at lunchtime and he kind of calmed everybody and and then I was okay. So it wasn't always easy. And I, even though I've been through it and got through it, I'm telling you, I think being a mom is the hardest job ever. Sure. You have so much to balance. Yep. And it's not only the physical work of it, it's that emotional, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't know if you're doing a good job or not. Yes. You yeah. don't know. Yeah. And that is really hard because you want to do a really great job. You want to raise these kids who have good self-esteem and feel very loved and all that kind of stuff, and you don't get a book with them. So yeah. so you kind of only yeah. do what you know to do right. based on how you were raised. And, I yeah. mean, I was really blessed. I, mean, I had great parents, and my mom – you know, always spent time with me in that. So, you know, I had a good role model, mm-hmm. but I do really appreciate not everybody had a good role model. Right. I mean, you got to kind of learn this as you go. Yeah. And so it, it's, I've always said, it's the hardest job. Yeah. You're raising another human being, you know, to send out yeah. into the world. And you, you know, you don't know if you're doing it right. So you just got to do the best you can. You know? Well, I, I think, <clears throat> you know, that, that speaks volumes on so many different levels. And, and just, just from the element of it being 24 seven. Right. Right. And like, I know for me, as a counselor, you know, every hour I see someone different. <laughs> right. So it, 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 it varies, it changes. Right. right. And so, um, but you know, when you're, stay at home when you're a full-time your mom and you're you're the primary caretaker there is and then in your case it was four all (laughs) all within within six years right uh 
Well, probably four, because the first our daughter was born in '74, and then our twins in '76, and our uh, last one in '78. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so we got four and four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's. It, I do think I know. You know, just thinking about my my wife had the opportunity uh, when my son was born to um, stop working outside the home in her career and um, and and just focus on raising our son and daughter and that um, I know that that was I mean she she talks so uh, very much like yourself that it wasn't always easy but it was something that she was very grateful that she right. did now my son will be 24 this week and my daughter is 21 and it seems like a completely different um, a completely different world, you right? Know? And right. Uh, so, uh, so with that, uh, so your your children growing up, and they they you know do the college thing or move out of the house right. and and all that. And so now Nancy goes back to doing hair. I did not go back to doing hair after the, um, you know, there was a little bit of anti- emptiness syndrome there okay. when when the last one, you know, because. Um, trying to think um all three of them went away uh except for our daughter she she lived at home uh she went to rock valley and then that's your uh, oldest that's my oldest and then she went to saint anthony school of nursing so she pretty much lived at home most of that time she had a couple times she lived in an apartment with a friend um but so once you know, she was married, and then the boys were in college, and then they all got married. Um, I wasn't sure then, well, what do I do now? Because mm-hmm. I didn't have that focus. But then it wasn't too long after her daughter was married, then they had a child. And mm-hmm. so I did a lot of babysitting. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> okay. the, the younger grandkids, I really enjoyed that. You know, mm-hmm. they they kept me busy. So I really didn't do anything for a long uh, time. I mean, in between there while they, they weren't all gone from school, but I, I think I told you I had my little DJ thing going yes. on. <laughs> so that was totally fun. And, uh, and then it wasn't probably, you know, there's that transition where you get, it's kind of interesting, you get your children all raised and launched and they're all doing well. Then it was at about that time. Then I've I've got aging parents now that mm. I'm dealing with, and that's like a whole nother you know story. My mother had uh, she had uh, kidney failure, mm. so she was in dialysis, oh, yeah. and uh, so I did. Even though they lived in Rochelle, I still did a lot of helping and taking care of you know with with that, and so that kind of consumed a lot of my time. But in between that is when I got into the yoga and. Uh, Mostly because I needed, I was I needed stress release, and that was my main reason, uh, and uh, so that that was kind of where I went with that for quite a while, just kind of taking yoga and just getting de-stressed and and trying to cope with, you know, in some ways caring for aging parents, even though I did they didn't live with me, but you're almost on call all the time. Mm. My mom had a lot of doctor visits and she was in and out of the hospital and and that type of thing. So I was then kind of refocused. I've always been, uh, I I really think I've always been a nurturer, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was from my kids and then I kind of was taking care of my parents and at some point when my mom passed, then I really helped take care of my dad a lot too, you know? But I still have my yoga 
throughout mm-hmm. all of that. And then those at that time, though, the yoga was you were participating in yoga. Participating, yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. so, and when you um, first started doing yoga, um, what was it about yoga, other different than? Because um, so this was about twenty five years ago. Uh, actually, when I yeah, give give or take, you know, okay. that, you know that. I'm trying to think. I really started teaching when I was 55, and I had okay. been taking yoga maybe off and on a little bit for about five years okay. before that. So late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, okay. yeah. And it wasn't really mainstream quite. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't a lot of it here in town. My first class was actually at Rock Valley. A mm-hmm. friend invited me. She goes, oh, come and take this. I'm like, okay. you know, mm-hmm. And I, I liked it. And what attracted me to uh, yoga was um, – the deeper spiritual part of it is what I really am like, oh, you know, there's more to life than than what I'm seeing, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I liked that aspect of yoga of going inward more mm-hmm. than like, uh, I mean, I loved running. We, we did a lot of running uh, mm-hmm. when, when we, well, we didn't really start that until we were in our 40s either because all our boys were in cross country and our youngest son, he also lived at home uh, for Rock Valley and then he went to medical school and that sort of thing. But him and his girlfriend at the time, who's now his wife, they encouraged us to run, and, and they made us accountable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and no matter what the weather, we were out running. Sure. And I, I, did, I did really love it. That was fun. And I like that physical exercise of running. Sure. But it doesn't give you what. I was looking for something inward yeah. and yoga, really, because it was quiet. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it felt physically good on the body. It's, it's no struggle, you know. Yeah. And I just like that time where you get. You go inward. Sure. That's that was the big attraction to yoga, um, because I think like when you get to your forties, you start thinking like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, and the body starts to betray you a little, mm. little bit at forty, and you you start rethinking your life a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think that's why yoga <clears throat> was was what resonated with me sure yeah yeah and so the first class yoga class you took was one of those like adult education classes at rock Rock valley Valley. okay and then um and did you then right from there start taking finding a place to take class i I didn't right away i just kind of liked it we did the six weeks thing and then um then I started looking around, mm-hmm. like, well, where can I take yoga? And honestly, there wasn't a lot of choices mm-hmm. for places to take yoga. I mean, there was some, but if you know, I wasn't internet savvy at that sure. time, and it wasn't well, a big deal back, well, back then. Well, and actually, either. at this time, early '90s, there was no there, internet. There, right? That's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, that's true because yeah. I really. You're right. And you I know, remember. We're so used to it now. So, we think, yeah, like, yeah, it was yellow, the old yellow pages. And, That's right. Yes. And I remember at that time period is when I was getting. So I graduated from college in 1990 and coming back to Rockford and starting getting in about a year later. So I started getting into, um, you know, working as a counselor and stuff and right. working with ATEP. And doing men's work, and I was doing a lot of Native American studies. Right. And there was, a, and if you remember the f- the phrase "New Age," and right. there was this 
essence that yoga was getting put into that new age aspect. I don't, right. and that at least that was my was my exposure and experience. So. And and it it was, and you know, there's still a little bit of that now. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, I don't know, it's like yoga, it's mm-hmm. a religion, and all that. But you know, for me, um, I then I I found Lady Wellness, which is no longer you know um, in business, but. They had yoga there, and mm-hmm. it was a women's only health mm-hmm. club, mm-hmm. and that really appealed to me. Mm-hmm. And so they had um, I'm trying to think who the yoga teacher. Oh, actually, the yoga teacher at that time, which is interesting, because this would have been in around 1990. Um, he it was the same guy that I took yoga from at Rock Valley. Oh, really? And and he was the only yoga teacher at this all women's mm. health club, but. I liked his style, and I was fine with that. And then, um, so I, jo- I joined there. I kind of came in, because at 40, I was starting to, like, gain a little weight. And, you know, like you say, the body is starting. You're noticing. Now I'm like, oh, <laughs> I could go back to 40 in a heartbeat now. <laughs> but, um, and I just felt like I needed something in my life. And, mm-hmm. that, and I, I wanted that routine, and I wanted, you know, I got a personal trainer and all that. And because uh, you're starting to question yourself a little bit, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, is this it, you know, and all that. And uh, so I took the yoga, loved it. I went, you know, like three times a week, I think, for that. And uh, then another younger girl came in, and she started teaching, and um, I really liked her style too. And this little light went off, like, could I do this? Mm. But by this time, I'm 54. Okay. And I so remember thinking, well, I'm just way too old to mm. do this. You know, regarding becoming an instructor, becoming an instructor. Okay. I, could, you know, and I had never done anything quite like that, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, there was that that moment of like, well, can I? And I taught, and the the younger woman who was teaching, she was probably like mid twenties, maybe, and uh, her name was Mally, and I just loved her. And I I said, I don't know. I said, where did? How did you get trained? How did you do this? Because there were many avenues to become a yoga teacher, you know. And she said, oh, I went to this yoga fit, which, you know, is an international, you know, mm-hmm. training thing now. And she gave me the information. And, and I do remember in, in um, yeah, because I was 54, so it would have been in 1994, we did have a computer, a dial-up. <laughs> sure, yes. Yeah. <laughs> connection. And, I again, I knew very little about this computer stuff, and I'm, and I rem- I so remember going downstairs because we had it down in the lower level, and I'm trying to figure this out and get online and find out about this yoga fit. And I, I again, feeling like, well, this is silly. I mean, I'm 55 years old. People don't do this when they're 55, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I got the information, and I can't remember exactly if I made a phone call or made a contact, but I found out where the next training was. Mm-hmm. And there was one in, uh, I believe it was Racine at the time. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, and even back then, I mean, it was, you know, wasn't terribly expensive, but we still were didn't have tons of money sure, sure, and right. uh so i 
made the call or whatever I did, <clears throat> and um, I got signed up for this <clears throat> training. And it was a two-day type, you know, you have about 16, 18 hours, and right. then you don't get certified because you got to go out and do your teaching and then get certified. Right. And I remember being too scared to even go there by myself. So my husband drove me, and we, we stayed in Racine for the whole weekend because I was that intimidated. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I didn't, well, it's still this way. It drives me nuts, but, you know, <laughs> from my generation, if the husband and a wife are going somewhere, the only person who drives is the <laughs> husband. <laughs> like, why? You know, I watch my kids and, like, they say, oh, do you want to drive? You want to drive? You know, they, they take turns. But in my generation, sure. If you are going together as a couple, the husband drives just the way it is. <laughs> my, my my parents are seventy five. So, so in same my, age in group, my, yeah. And my dad has been wheelchair bound for seven years okay. and still drives them. No it, kidding. Yeah. Oh my God. Now he can't go anywhere without my mom because of the right, wheelchair, right. you know. But, but he still drives. That's <laughs> that's how it was. So my husband had to drive me yep. up to Racine and stay, and. Uh, I went through it, but I remember the same thing. It's like I was the oldest person in the class. Mm -hmm. Everybody was young. And so it was really a struggle for me to be stepping, in my opinion, that far out of my box, meaning sure. age group-wise. I was very intimidated. I was very insecure mm -hmm. about the whole thing. Uh, and I made it through, but... And what, what do you think, looking back, I mean, because I was, you know, a handful of years ago, and obviously... Ma many, many hours later of doing yoga, what do you think of that younger Nancy? What was she afraid of? I was afraid of failure. Failure. Like, could I, would I be good enough? Could I, could I teach? Could I, could I effectively, mm -hmm. you know, present myself as a teacher at 55 I think it was the age thing mm -hmm. but it was also it was it was it was an insecurity of, of doing something I'd never done before mm -hmm. to uh, portray myself as the expert mm. in the yoga that was a little intimidating for me that so, was really intimidating so the vulnerability yes very much it was around stepping out of your comfort zone right. Um, and then the then the then the the chatter in your head yes. that was talking that was talking to you about why you were out of your comfort why this was was well the easy one was the fact that you were age difference that was the big thing the age difference mm -hmm. because I felt like you know I I maybe thought like I was stepping out of my place mm -hmm. that because none of my friends were doing anything like sure. this. They were very settled into their mm -hmm. lifestyle, so to speak. Their children were grown like mine and give or take. And, and, uh, and like maybe I wasn't supposed to be mm -hmm. stepping out mm. of, you know, that I had a, I had a role to play. And maybe yeah. I was stepping too far out of where okay. I was supposed to be, you know. But you were this little Rochelle girl who ventured right. off to Milwaukee. Right, <laughs> exactly. To be your hairstylist. Right. How, how was, why was this different than that? You know, I had a certain sense of rebellion back mm, then. Okay. Meaning, you know, I was a good kid, but still that thing of like, well, I always wanted 
to to not do. I mean, I had no. I love the farm life. I love my, uh, but that's not what I wanted in my yeah. life, you know. And uh, and you know, and, and I can see it now as as I age. My mom was the same way. Like mm. she didn't think she could quite. And I always tell this story a lot. Like maybe about a year before she passed, she had said to me, "She's like." What are, what are people going to write about me in my obituary? She mm. goes, I, I didn't do anything. Mm. And I, I remember sitting at the kitchen table with her, and I said, Mom, please, do you know what you did? Look at look at the, the children you raised, the home you made. You know, my mom was just such a good person. She took care of so many people. I mean, she was the first one there to cook or bake for someone if they needed it. And she she... No, she didn't have any credentials. My mom uh, and my dad both. I mean, they they didn't even have high school educations, mm. but, you know, and but they were such good people, and they were they were students of life, so to speak. You know, they they learned in that way, and I think, but I did get that definitely from my mom about, well, just stay in your place, mm. just stay in your place, and okay. and I never saw it as a bad thing, but. But I think that was always, I was always like, well, why can't I do that? Right, right. Well, you, know? you, you were telling the story earlier that when you did some DJing, you were told at that time, and that was in, you said, the late that 80s. That would have been uh, mid-80s. Mid-80s, mm-hmm. and you were told that women don't DJ. That's right. And similar to maybe 15 years earlier. <laughs> right, right. You had uh, maybe a little chip on your shoulder yeah. and that you were going to show them, right? I think that is true. Okay. That is very, very okay. true. And so now if we, you know, fast forward, right, from from your mid-30s when you took this part-time gig of, of DJing, right, and, and that could be intimidating because, you know, that's why they're coming there, meaning all these patrons are coming there to, oh. to dance to music. And, and there's a vulnerability when it comes to music and, right. and of course, dancing anyways, but are they going to like what I'm playing? Right. Now, granted, you get a little bit of help, you know, with – what's popular and things like right, that. But, right. but this is still, both of those situations were different than putting yourself out there at 54, 55 to be trained as a yoga instructor. Right. And, and, and we talked about vulnerability, but this is a different kind of vulnerability. It, why, it is. What, what was different about this vulnerability? You know, with like the DJing and all that, it, it was, that was, that was intimidating. That was that was a learning process, but there was a there was a real system to that as far as how you keep the dance floor. And my the person who trained me, who said I couldn't do it, who who is actually a very good friend of mine now, and I remind him of that, and he's like, oh, "I never said that." I'm like, "Yeah, you did." <laughs> but there was a system, and you just had to learn the system, how the beats per minute for the song, and how you you start the dance floor, and you never let the dance floor leave. So there was a system, and we had the playlist and that. So that I could do, and and that was fun. Uh, but it wasn't deep. It was fluffy. You know, DJing was fluffy for mm-hmm. me at that time. Uh, but the whole yoga thing, it was like, because it was so deep and spiritual, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to fail at that. Okay. That's what I didn't want to fail at. You okay. know, I didn't want to fail myself, but I didn't want to fail others too. I felt like I have to, I really need to be able to offer something sure. to, to people, you know. And uh, I remember when I finished the training, 
I I actually uh, started crying uh, because I felt so like I did this. Mm. You know, I don't think I had, and that's that's the greatest thing I'm finding as as age and maturity come into my life here. Um, so much more confidence and mm. realizing that. Um, Everything is not as serious as you think it is, you know? And to just let yourself try stuff and sure. see what happens, you know? I mean, we all have our struggles, and, and, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, sometimes it's emotional. I mean, probably the big struggle I went through when I lost my mom, I had only, I think I had just gotten certified to teach, like, in the fall of... Um, 2004 so I was 54 and then in April that following April my mom actually passed away mm. and she she didn't she didn't get the whole yoga thing like what you know <laughs> and now I think like oh if I could have a little more time with my mom I know I could have my mom in a yoga class with me I just know it she would have been okay with it uh but at first same thing she didn't know what it was like whatever and I would just laugh my dad He'd go, oh, how's that yogurt business going? <laughs> and I would laugh. He always called it yogurt, you know. And uh, But then when my mom passed, I was not expecting the grief mm. that hit me. You know, I lived my life thinking, you know, I'd seen grandparents pass, and, and I had lost my brother to cancer at 45, so he was really young. And... Uh, and that was very difficult uh, for the whole family. But I thought, well, your parents get old. My mom was 80. And you know you're going to lose your parents. And in her case, we knew with the dialysis, it was not going to, she wasn't going to be 90 or 100. And the first six months, I, I handled it just fine. And I took care of my dad and all that. And then it just like struck me. And I just fell into a very deep depression hmm. with that. Where I just like, I I actually quit teaching. I was teaching there at Lady Wildest, and I said I can't handle it. I just can't do it, and so I quit completely. I didn't, I didn't do anything, and I just like stayed home. And I really was depressed, and I couldn't. I I missed my mom so much, mm -hmm. and I I didn't see that happening. I did not ever expect it. Okay. I didn't. I thought I had it under control. I knew I would miss my mom, but I'm like, well, parents die when they get old, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was going to be just part of life, yeah. and it wasn't going to affect me mm -hmm. that much. And it was unbelievable how much it affected me. Sure. And <laughs> I just literally did nothing. I stayed home. And I, I didn't want to leave the house, didn't want to do things. You know, I would do things, but I didn't really want to. Yeah. And it was that type of thing where uh, I'm kind of laying on the couch all day watching TV, and then I wouldn't want my husband to know that that's what I had done all day. Mm. I hadn't even gotten dressed. Mm. And so I would hurry up and get dressed before he was going to come home from work. Like, oh, yeah, oh, what'd you do today? Oh, not much, you know. But I was actually didn't want people to know that mm. I was that depressed because I thought, you know, I should have been stronger than that. Should, I, I, I thought I should have been stronger to handle it. And, uh, 
And I, I had good rapport with, with uh, my kids and stuff. And one of my boys, especially uh, Jeremy, he would, you know, call on the phone and he'd, he'd just say, yeah, well, how are you doing today? And I, I would talk to him more than I, I did actually my husband about it. And uh, one day he said to me, he goes, what are you doing? You have a whole life to live. You've got kids, you've got grandkids, you know, what are you doing? And that was kind of like a, a moment for mm-hmm. me. And so I started just making myself get dressed and leave the house every day, even if it was just go through the drive through and get my, my diet Pepsi. Sure. Uh, that's what I did. And gradually I got out more and more okay. and more. And then, you know, I do believe that um, circumstances, I don't think, I, I think things happen for a reason. Uh, and I got a phone call from my former boss at Lady Wildest, and she goes, would you come back and just, just teach one class a week? And I said, you know, I think I'm ready for that. And I did. And then, you know, in a month or two, I was teaching, you know, five or six. Sure, yeah. And so the, the, you know, my son said what he said to me, and then I got the phone call to come back, and it's okay. like everything just started coming back together. Okay. We're looking back on that time period, and then your dad passed how many years later? My dad uh, passed about nine years later, so I had a long time in yeah. there with him. And so what do you, looking, if, if there was, and I know it's complex, so I, I know that's more than, potentially more than one thing, but if you, looking back on it now, what do you think, um, you were surprised that that, yeah. that it was more than just, a milestone in right. your life, um, and, and and you, and I think grieving, grieving is a natural process of life and death, right? Right. And and it's just a natural process of life, and the natural process of life is death happens, and right. and then sometimes we are surprised. I'm, I'm going to use this word, and I don't know if it's 100 percent the best descriptor, but that sometimes we get stuck in it. Right. And um and and it's hard to differentiate between did I get stuck in it or did I just take that long to work through that part of the process. Right. Right. And and so because the other element that that was going on with you was that once again, very similar to when you had the the empty nest syndrome, there there was this time period where you became your mom's primary caretaker right. while you were still trying to do life back up here right. in Rockford. And that's, you know, that's a, at least a 45 minute drive. Yeah. Right. And so you got the drive back and forth. You, you have the time spent the hospital, all the different caretaking aspects of it. And now that's all done. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and that wasn't completely done because your dad was still alive. He was, but my dad was, he, at that time, he was 81, and he was still um, mowing the golf course. He was still working, taking care of his own home. So yeah. I just, my primary care with him was like on Sundays. We went every Sunday. I, he didn't, he didn't being the farm guy, he didn't know how to cook. So, <laughs> so, so I would make all his meals for the week and freeze them and do that, sure. you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, he was pretty self-sufficient then, you know. Sure. Um, so he just, you know needed us to come down and visit with them and we'd spend all day Sunday. But but we had done that with my mom too. We've mm-hmm. always done that with my parents. But yeah, it was that idea. I remember one of my first feelings with after my mom passed was um I I 
even though I saw my dad, it was like, well, I'm an orphan. I felt like an orphan. Mm. Like I had, even though I still had my dad, but at that time I was really, really close to my mom and my dad, but not the same. It was me and my mom. And, you know, there was a really blessing in the way that it happened because uh, I had nine years that I was like, I got to speak to talk to my dad more. Primarily, I talked to my mom the most on Sundays and things mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. and, you know, just girl talk. Uh, but I got to know my dad okay. in different ways, and ultimately my dad ended up with uh, dementia and was mm-hmm. in memory care. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was that sense of, like, I don't have a mom yeah. anymore. And I didn't, I just seriously did not see that coming. I'm like, well, I'm 50 five you know I mean I love my mom but I don't need a mom at this age and it was like but I did you know it's 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 just a strange thing you know yeah and I can I can see how that how that can happen you know and and sometimes it it may not happen because people are so busy you know and distracted and you know all that but interesting oddly enough Right. One of the things that yoga does is it slows things down. It does. Right. And in the midst of slowing things down, there is then a much greater possibility that you're going to feel things that if you were distracted. True. Right. And and sometimes those feelings of things can be, you know, this this past weekend we went on. um, uh, We were up in at our lake home and we went for a hike, took, took our, my, my nephew and his wife's puppy and with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, we went for a walk when my wife was with us and went for a walk. It was a beautiful day, just absolutely beautiful day. And, and there's an awareness that happens, but so that was a great experiencing that, right. And, and savoring that. But, if you have the ability to have that kind of awareness, then you're also going to have the awareness of pain and True. loss too. Mm-hmm. And um, because it doesn't differentiate, you don't only get the good stuff. Right. <laughs> you don't only exactly you know, only joy, right? And, right? and so you're going to feel sadness at a deeper level. You're going to feel, and you can experience fear and, ex- and experience obviously anger and injustice. Right. And um, so that's all an aspect of it. So maybe that played a part in that. Right. It probably did mm. because, you know, the other thing when I uh, first got, before I was teaching, but just taking yoga, and I tell this story a lot to, you know, my students, uh, my kids, you know, they were older by then, but they still had, I think Ryan might have still been, I can't even keep the date straight, but, you know, they were well past teenagers. And uh, they said, oh, you seem different, and mm. I'm like, different how? Mm. And they're like, you're not as, uh, you know, picky about things. Mm. And then I, they said, you seem calmer about mm. stuff. And that was the first time it struck me. It's like, oh, it must be that yoga thing I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> because I could get, you know, like, and, and even now, I mean, the, the longer, I mean, having taught yoga now, going on 16 years, um, Oh, I still, you know, get bent out of shape about things. But True. <clears throat> I don't hold on to that much anymore. I, I mean, I don't have that many grudges. I mm-hmm. mean, used to I could hold on to grudges for a long time. Sure, sure. Uh, but yoga just lets me just let things pass sure. and let things be. 
just let them be, you know, and know when to pick those battles that need mm-hmm. to be, you know, dealt with and when to just let it go, you know. Well, that's, if you could, maybe just for our audience, because I, I mean, everyone, I think everyone listening will know about yoga, but, but many people, myself included, I know that there are different types of yoga and different styles of yoga, but I don't really think I really know much about what are the different styles. And, and, and so if you could kind of just maybe educate us a little bit about, you know, there are many different, there's eight limbs of yoga and there's like eight different styles. And so, you know, basically you have your, uh, Hatha yoga and that's basically what I teach. And that, that involves your mind, body, spirit. So connecting those three in really good balance. And then there, there's, there are all different kinds of too many to go into as far as, you know, you can have a more physical aspect of the yoga. Uh, you know, and, and basically all the yogas are going to come down to that. Either it's going to be more focused on the physical or more focused on the uh, spiritual mm. or combining the different styles. Uh, you know, and now it's, <laughs> and there's a lot of trendy yoga right now. Sure. There is beer in yoga there's goats in yoga uh there's a new trend right now which really i i don't get this but there's rage yoga rage. Uh, have you heard of rage? there is something called rage yoga uh but there's naked yoga i mean it, it, because yoga has become very popular and commercialized sure. a lot of people are just taking something and attaching yoga to it you sure. know? and it's sure. a money maker and it's fine it's just not where I go with that but yeah rage yoga now that's probably the oddest one that I can't quite connect with like why would you want to it involves drinking swearing yelling if necessary during your yoga practice Mm. (laughs) like well I'm not quite sure how that works uh but it's out there (laughs) and you know what for some people maybe that works for them ah I, I can't connect it to yoga anymore that I can connect, like, drinking beer while, maybe after or before, but not while I'm doing yoga do I want to be drinking a beer. Uh, and I have taught puppy yoga. And I've not done goat yoga, but I, I've done a puppy yoga class for a fundraiser. Uh, but I let people know, no, we're not seriously doing yoga here. <laughs> but it's it, but the puppies are cute, and they're you know, you sure. can pet them, and they, they are calming. So, you know, you mm-hmm. can com- it's not that you can't combine yoga with other things, but you have to know the difference between is it just kind of fun and frivolous, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with puppies, goats, all that. You know, you get things from it. But if you're really working inwardly yeah. <clears throat> with the whole spiritual uh, part of yoga, then, yeah, you're, you don't want to be distracted with, you know, goats and puppies and <laughs> and all that other stuff, you know. It sounds like distractions. <laughs> yeah, it is distractions, and and there's nothing wrong with that. It's no, it's no, fun. No. It's fun, sure. but you have to know what what what's the intent. What you yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but you know the type of yoga. I mean, I really just for me personally, mm-hmm. I kind of teach the one style, and mm-hmm. I teach the mind body uh, spirit, so okay. that we we are working our physical body. We're we're appreciating. That's the other thing. What I what I like about yoga for a lot of people and for myself included, um, it is non judgmental. Mm. You know, you can come into that class and 
Uh, you don't have to feel judged like, oh, well, they're more stretchy than me or, oh, they have, you know, Lululemon pants and I don't, you know. <laughs> it doesn't, you know. And if anybody's doing yoga in that manner, they're missing the whole point of it. Sure. They're really missing the point because it's really, you know, you're in a group setting, yes, and, you know, people are going to notice other people. But there is just, when you're in a true um, state of yoga uh, in a in a class, I mean, people they're very friendly with other people, but it's so non-judgmental, mm-hmm. and that's what I like about it. And like in the way I teach, I always have a lesson. We always I use different books, and mm. we have we have a lesson, you know, a life lesson that you okay. can, that like you can a, take home with you from class. Kind of like apply. a daily reflection. Yeah, like a daily reflection that that. Uh, is usable mm-hmm. in your everyday mm-hmm. life. Um, so I always do that and then refer to it at the end. And we always have a relaxation at the end where we just kind of calm and mm-hmm. center mm-hmm. and balance and see what we can take with us. And I think that's, that is one of the differences uh, with yoga as, as opposed to like, a, you know, a workout, which I believe, I always believe in this, that you, you People say, oh, I love my yoga. I don't do anything else. But it's like, well, yoga is great. But I am a firm believer that you have to get your stretching. You have to get your strength training. And you have to get your cardio. If you want an all-around healthy life, you've got to do all three of those. Sure. Um, you, you know, And you can stretch without yoga. That's fine. But I, I just kind of feel, you know, it, physically you have to do those three things. And, of course, good nutrition and all that, all the other stuff that right. goes with it. Right. Uh, but... Yoga helps you like just de-stress mm-hmm. because, and you know, this world we live in now, we have things beeping at us all the time, mm-hmm. and we're connected to phones. And you know, yoga is where you your phone is mm-hmm. gone; it's not there, and you get to just like be with yourself. Right. And we don't spend very much time with ourselves right. anymore. <laughs> we really don't. Yeah. We are. We are so attached, myself included, sure. to all these electronics, and yeah. we're busy checking our Facebook and all that. And yeah. again, good thing, yeah. but it can get out of hand, yeah. you know. And yoga helps bring you back to yourself, you know. And when you, and again, just from from your perspective for the for the people listening, you referred multiple times to spiritual, right? And you and. And obviously, some people can have developed a spiritual practices from a religious um, religious teachings, right? And then other individuals may have developed spiritual practices and spiritual exercises that may not be appearing to be tied to uh, a religious practice, right? right? <laughs> well, with yoga, that is one of the things people often think that it's part of a religion, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and of course Buddha is, you know, part of it because, uh, you know, yoga originated in India and and that's where it all started. And uh, (laughs) going back to the men thing, uh, (laughs) women were not allowed to practice yoga in the Mm. early beginnings of yoga. Obviously, it was something that was handed down from, you know, one male say a father to a son or or whatever and it it was truly more spiritual it 
the early beginnings of yoga were not about the physical postures as much. Uh, that kind of came later. Uh, so it really wasn't practiced by women at all until it came to the United States. Mm. Um, and then it, you know, became more mainstream. And of course it changed a lot mm. too. But <clears throat> this idea of the spiritual, it does not have to be a religion in any way that is just not important and typically in yoga they they refer to the divine so your divine can be what it can be god it can be buddha it can be whatever it is to you so it doesn't teach a religion it just helps you to recognize that you have a divine within you whatever whatever you call that and for me the whole spiritual thing is like being one with mm-hmm. with the whole universe, that sort of thing, and, mm-hmm. and knowing that there's something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not in this alone. Right. Uh, you know, and I, that's just my total belief that there is a higher power. My personal one happens to be God, but uh, you know, we don't we don't ever uh, preach that in mm-hmm. our, our mm-hmm. classes. We I I know my classes well enough to know where I can go with it. I've, I've taught before where someone has said, uh, I don't like that uh, you were mentioning the divine. They don't want that mentioned at all. That's a little more of the exception than the rule. Um, so I'm always aware of, you know, my class and, mm-hmm. and who who is in it and what, what is acceptable to them. Um, so, you know, it's really individual mm-hmm. for, for the person. And, and, and you don't have to be a believer to sure. practice yoga. You sure. don't have to be. Sure. You know. Well, and I think it is a, it's an interesting aspect. So I got a couple of things when you were just talking about, you know, what you just said. And, uh, and I'll go with this one thought right now is, is that, you know, it, it is always interesting. You know, on one end, we have somebody you know, that may be coming in and, and be offended if you said the divine because it doesn't fit their paradigm right. of their religion. And so they'll be offended and, and on guard and defensive. And if it isn't blank, then everyone hears, you know, then it's wrong. Right. And then on the other end, right, of the continuum, no, I guess it's the same end, just framed differently, right, right? is the idea that I'm offended because um, you mentioned the word divine. Which is interesting, right? <laughs> because that probably has to do with that individual, right? And maybe the other fifteen people in the class, it doesn't affect them that way. But that particular person wants their viewpoint to be imposed on everyone else, right? Versus looking in within them about why is this why is this bringing up energy right right exactly and uh, so it's an interesting thing right um and i guess the other end of the continuum you know could be that extreme is you know i don't think about anything right so then i think about just me and right. and so there's no connection with anything greater than myself right. because i can't i don't i don't look beyond the capacity of just what's in front right. of me right exactly you know and i think Kind of going back to what you had said about this idea of slowing down. Um, I, I know for me, having been a power lifter and a bodybuilder and, and uh, you know, contact sports, you know, and everything was, when I was lifting weights, everything was about resistance to actually shorten the muscle. Right. To, for the muscle to be stronger, 
and in 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 a bodybuilding case bigger, right? Right. And now with some of the things that I'm doing as I've gotten older, um, late forties, early fifties, um, what is about elongating right. and, and stretching and elongating and finding out just recently that I was, um, well, I've, I've improved on my stretching oh, good. <laughs> because good. I was stretching like, um, I've been stretching now for the last few years because I hadn't stretched for a decade and a half, two decades or whatever. And but I, I was finding out that I was stretching like I was lifting weights aggressively. Okay. <laughs> and so there wasn't, uh, wasn't a, wasn't a flow. There wasn't any, a long, you know, it wasn't really stretching as much as I was attacking the muscle. <laughs> right, right. And, um, and so that has been a huge, huge difference for me. And just from a mindset, um, of, of that and, and doing some of my resistance training differently, um, than I was before. And so that has been, you know, has changed everything from how I'm standing to how I'm walking to, um, there's been a lot of changes. Right. And one of the things yoga does too, um, is, is the posture, yeah. our posture and that, you know, there's so much for the yoga, um, the breath, mm-hmm. learning to use the you know, our breath is such a powerful tool to help us calm and relax mm-hmm. and learning how to really breathe properly. So we're really using all of our lungs instead of that shallow breath. Sure. Um, so, you know, just those little things, you know, they often say that you don't work at yoga. You let yoga work at you. Yeah. And that's really how it is. It's, it's, it's just kind of, you know, maybe you'll learn the breath first and you'll just learn to calm yeah. with the breath. Or maybe, you know, the, the more uh, A-type personalities tend to not like yoga because, oh, it's too slow. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and they probably need it the most in some ways. But that's okay. We, you know, I, I always tell people, too, if you try yoga and you don't like yoga, that's okay. Um, do something else. Just find something yeah. you like that you will be consistent at. Or if you try a yoga class and either you didn't care for the teacher or you didn't care for the style of the yoga, look around. Try a different teacher. Try a different style mm-hmm. because everybody's got to find the one that resonates with you or else you're not going to do it, you know. Um and so I think with yoga, there's now we're so fortunate because we have so many possibilities. And hey, if rage yoga helps make you a better person, <laughs> uh, why not? You sure. know, it just doesn't matter what style you do as long as you find the one that works for you right. and that adds to your life. I mean, if you're doing anything and putting energy and effort into it and it's not adding much value to your life, you probably shouldn't. Should just stop doing it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and find something else. You well, know? and it's a, this idea of, you know, sometimes, and I know in my case, uh, I will go through cycles where I do something and do something and then I stay too long. Mm-hmm. And even though I get signals that it's time to, for me to move on, um, my my success in different areas of my life, life have come because I have stuck stayed the sick to ofness and, uh-huh. and pushed through the right. distractions. Right. And then I've also recognized that there is a time when I need to um, let go and move on to the next phase. Right. And, um, and that's sometimes easier said than done. But Definitely. 
And, you know, I, I'm finding this whole aging thing, like, you know, nearing for myself, nearing 70. Um, there's this, I, I, I'm in a little bit in conflict, like, shouldn't I like be slowing down and relaxing in my life and doing more, you know, things I, we didn't have time to do, say with my husband retiring. But then the, it's like this timeline, it's like, well, I don't have the rest of my life. It's getting shorter and shorter. And I have so much I want to do yet. How am I going to get this all done? Sure. I, and it, it's it's almost like another conflict in my life mm. at this point of like, but I have so much I want to do yet. And, oh, gosh, I wish I would have started yoga when I was in my 20s instead of yeah. in my 50s. Uh, so the balancing life with the aging thing is that's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother show. Yeah, exactly. It is, you know, and I think that uh, just you know that idea of you know sixty seconds is sixty seconds, no matter if I'm focusing on the sixty seconds, or I think the sixty seconds is going forever, or I think it's flying by. Right. The clock doesn't really care. Right. It's the same seconds that make up the minute. Right. Yes. Um. But sometimes we can savor it, and sometimes we didn't notice it at all. Right. You know, and um, so, Nancy, thank you very much for being on the show. Oh, my gosh. I so enjoyed it. And uh, and thank you for sharing your story about um, the experiences of being feisty, being daddy's favorite, <laughs> <laughs> and, and venturing out. And, and then at the same time, when you knew, um, when you went to go get certified in that um, that there was this real um, coming into the second uh, career and the second part of life uh, right. that you may have be find you may have been finding what exactly you were being called to all along. I, I think so. So, yeah. um, Nancy, if there was anything that you'd want to share with the audience, what would you want to share? You know what? From my experience here in life, it would be like, don't let fear mm-hmm. hold you back. From doing anything, even if you've got that little inkling like, you know, I would like to do this or maybe at least try it. Just just jump off that cliff and see what happens. Sure. And you're probably if you're if you're brave enough to jump off that cliff, you're probably going to fly. Sure. So I say just don't hold back. Sure. Just keep going. Nancy, thank you very much. What would be if someone was interested, someone locally was interested in getting a hold of you, either to take a class or or, or learn more about Inspire Yoga, how um, your your company Inspire Yoga and stands for Nancy, um, <laughs> and uh, how would they best get a hold of you? The easiest way would be just to go to my website, which is rockfordyoga.com, or you could email nancy at rockfordyoga.com and that's where you'll find me perfect well thank you again for being with us today um thank you for joining us today um as we heard nancy share her story going from uh as i mentioned this feisty uh farm girl to the city to um, being a mom and a housewife and then as she had an opportunity to change her life once again, um, she found not only yoga from an exercise standpoint, but from a lifestyle standpoint. Uh, Again, thank you for being with us today, and we'll see you next week.